Hey everybody, Superfan Giovanni here. Welcome to Classic Love Line, episode 386 from March 23rd, 1997. A Sunday night show with guest Henry Rollins. Adam opens the show asking Drew about his complaints regarding the cops. Turns out he was pulled over a rental car and ticketed despite having double insurance. Drew's on the closest he ever gets to an epic rant with Adam Carolla coming to his defense and clearly eager to say negative things about law enforcement who spend their day ticketing taxpayers. That's a thorn in Adam Carolla's side that exists to this day. And for their guest, Henry Rollins, this is his first known appearance of the Adam Carolla classic Loveline era. He may have a lost episode from 1996 that we didn't get to in the feed. If we ever recover it, we'll let you know and make sure to post it. Henry does return to the show with six more known appearances of the Adam Carolla era. Uh, one visit in 1998, another in 1999, another in 2000. He stops by twice in 2001, and his final visit to the show during the Adam Carolla era happened in 2002. Most likely, we will be finding more of his episodes in the archive, possibly some lost visits in 1998-2000. And unrelated side note, the bogus mason jar calls seem to begin around this time in the show's history. Due to the spottiness of the archive as of late, we may have missed the comment from Adam Kroll that starts it all. That's when Adam Kroll says the phrase, an asshole the size of a mason jar, or a-hole most likely. It will forever change the show's history, and we will begin hearing phone calls from a listener named Thomas in Arizona. Be on the lookout out for that in case we miss it. As per usual, it's recorded in 1997. Some of the medical advice may be out of date. Please consult your own physician or contact Dr. Drew and Mike Cathwood on current day Loveline, 1-800-L-O-V-E-191. Listener discretion is advised. You can follow us on Twitter at Podcast One, on Facebook, Podcast One there as well, and PodcastOne.com, the home of all your favorite podcasts. Mahalo and get it on. The following program is a PodcastOne.com production. <sighs> Two. Welcome with Adam Carolla and Dr. Drew. Would you sleep with sick women? I may be pregnant, but I'm still a man. Spank the unruly ones. It's indecent, it's vulgar, it's blasphemous. You're gonna ride you you can't stand up. Come on, come on, let's go down. All right, all right, keep your shirt on. Love Line's meant for an adult audience. Love Line may contain sexually oriented content. Listener discretion is advised. Here's Love Line with Dr. Drew and Adam Carolla. All right, phone number for Loveline, 1-800-LOVE-191, fax number 310-854-4455. I'm Adam Carolla. That is Dr. Drew. He's a board-certified physician and addiction medicine specialist, and tonight our guest is Henry Rollins. Hi, Henry. How you doing? Good. A little tired, but all right. Uh, Drew, mm. uh, before we get to uh, Henry and uh, all his uh, latest creative efforts... Uh, do you want to complain about the cops for just uh, one moment? I, I still have it in me. I can't. I can't keep it back. It's just uh, I, I was uh, driving a rental car yesterday and got pulled over for speeding. Speeding. I was speeding. No problem. But then the guy nailed me for not having my car insurance. Like I, I was supposed to pull my car insurance out of my car, stick it in the rental car, even though I had the contract where I'd bought rental insurance right. to waive my deductible. Right. Where it's obvious I had insurance, and I was waiving the deductible beyond that. Uh, Drew, and, uh, just uh, sizing you up, any cop who pulls you over, the uh, wire rim glasses, the uh, cowlick hair, uh, the J. Crew catalog attire, please, I would just let him go immediately. I really would. Uh, or possibly maybe a warning, and, on, and if I really needed to make a quote, I'd give you the speeding ticket. But, like, you don't have insurance. Right, exactly. All right, so you showed him the documentation. Yeah, and he goes, oh, oh don't, he, very nice. He goes, this is San Gabriel, by the way, city of San Gabriel. I can't say it the way Adam says it quite so eloquently. but I, uh, I, I, Kiss Drew's ass. But be that as it may, uh, <laughs> um, 
yeah, he goes, oh, don't worry about it. Just go down to the court and show him your insurance. Go down. I mean, right. do you know what that means to me? I mean, This guy is an asshole. Thank you. Uh, yeah, as if, uh, you just, know, it's like uh, you're going to miss a little daytime TV, have to get out of oh. your bathrobe and head down to the court. Oh. Here's my point, and uh, thank you for getting me on a roll here, Drew. And uh, Henry, you jump in any time uh, you want to help me bash the man. Yeah. Uh, here is, as far as I'm concerned, the, the job of the law enforcement community in this country is to do... What we, the citizens, want them to do. Not what they think is going to make the most money. Not what they feel like doing. But what we tell them to do. And here's what we care about. All uh, members of the law enforcement community, please listen closely. We care about rape. We care about arson. We care about uh, ATM holdups. We care about uh, racial-related crimes, hate crimes. Any violent crime. Any violent crimes. We care about other people's material being uh, stolen, desecrated, or sodomized. We don't care about doctors who are running late uh, for some appointment they have to uh, speak to other doctors and the insurance they may or may not have, especially when you know damn well they have the insurance. Your job is to figure out whether they have it and then uh, write the ticket or don't. If you know they have it, but they can't document it, they have it. Do not harass the citizens. You understand? We have to do something about this. I'm tired. I'd love to know what percentage of the law enforcement community is involved with things we could give a rat's ass about. I mean, there's there's 7,000 meter maids for every motorist now. I'm, I'm sure a day will come soon when they just assign you your own meter maid. There's a guy waiting out at the end of the driveway. You, you show up in the morning, you leave for work, you shake his hand, and he follows you throughout the day. <laughs> I swear to God, what, what did a meter maid used to be? A fat lesbian on a three-wheel Harley, and you'd see her once in a blue moon. Now you leave the car on a curb, and it's, uh, your bumper's hanging a centimeter into the red, and these guys converge on you like army ants. But well, you have a thing about consensual crimes in general. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Uh, a victimless crime. Right. If some guy wants to sit in the park and wait around so until uh, junkies come up and score uh, heroin from him, pot or coke, whatever, leave him alone. Leave the junkies alone. Your job is to go out and thwart real crimes, violent crimes, crimes we care about. Not hide behind billboards and pop guys like Dr. Drew. God, I, you know, we ought to take every one of these damn Chevettes that is used for parking enforcement, put a shotgun rack in it, and let these guys go to town on real crimes. And whatever the money it is that they generate, we would just pay it. My plan is, is uh, does the average citizen get, what, three parking tickets a year? Something like that. Whatever it is. Yeah. Oh, what is it, 85 bucks a year? The average guy, maybe 45 bucks. Let's just pay it when we register. Then we eliminate this element, and we, we clear up these guys to work on real crime. There's not enough manpower for real crime. Oh, that's what they say every time. We don't have enough cops. We don't have enough cops. They got enough cops to pull over Dr. Drew and spend a half hour trying to figure out whether he's insured his rent-a-car or not. Uh, meanwhile, uh, my stereo's being stolen, my sister's being sodomized, and uh, my dog is being uh, taken away for uh, uh, experiments in a lab. I don't have a dog, but I was you know, speaking for every man. You with me, Henry? I'm with you all the way. What do you think about consensual crimes? I, I agree with what you say. I, I, I think that uh, there's a lot of real crime that needs to be dealt with. And when cops 
nitpick and harass over things like what uh, the good doctor went through. It's a waste of time, and it breaks down the, a community spirit. And when people start fearing law enforcement instead of thinking it's there to protect them, oh. then the community breaks Interesting down. Interesting twist. Yeah. It's a very good point. Yeah, your job is to avoid law enforcement instead of saying instead of saying, "Hey, uh, hey, there's a cop. Good, you know, give him the thumbs up and yeah. uh, toot the horn." I, I, by the way, I'm a huge fan of police. I really am. I think good I, cops I are great because I think societies and community need, needs policing. It's just that when they call you names and harass you and and try and get you in fights or uh, which it, I, it must be a horrible job I mean, every, everybody must become the enemy at some well point, you know you what know? so quit I mean it, it, it it's I, I don't have room for cops who complain yeah sure they see a lot of really horrible stuff but on the other hand junior you know what you're getting into you're a tough guy right Either, if you can't handle it don't take it out on some guy and slam his head into the hood of his car for making a, a right turn uh, quit. This, this is the way I feel about all occupations where you hate the people. Uh, back to meter mates, um, who would be um, enemy number one if I was ever in any kind of position of power in this I mean, country. What kind of person gets a job like that? That, that? That's my point. People go, I'll leave the guy alone. He's just doing his job. And here's a uh, uh, wait a minute. Where, where was the meter maid recruiter when I was in high school? Uh, I read uh, a thing where an old woman was arrested for obstruction because she would go down the street putting quarters right. in meters. I think that's like the good karma lady. They busted her right. because they de- she deprived the horrible meter wenches from taking people's money. Oh, it's valuable income. I and mean, what about this? I have uh, parked my car uh, when I used to do earthquake rehab work in downtown L.A. And you tried to rehabilitate earthquakes? <laughs> yes. I, <laughs> Why? Why do you shake like that? The EA meetings. Uh, they claim they weren't bad, just misunderstood. I'm a 6.5 uh, earthquake I, I generated in uh, <laughs> Silmar. Uh, hi, Henry. Yeah. <laughs> uh, fixing buildings, I'll call it, uh, for earthquakes. And uh, there wasn't a damn place to park anywhere. And it was real tough because we had a whole big bunch of guys and a bunch of trucks, and it was always like musical trucks, everyone running out, moving the cars and all that kind of stuff. We're trying to get a job done. And the meter, the sign said, uh, no parking on Tuesday, uh, 10 to noon, because of street cleaning. And, of course, uh, the street, the um, meter maids would come out and write everyone tickets, and the street cleaner would come by. One time I was trying to move my car, and uh, I tried to park it back in the space at uh, 11.45. Uh, the uh, street sweeper had already made a pass. You could see the wet tracks from the broom. Uh, the meter maid pulled up behind me and said, uh, you got to move the car. I'm writing you a ticket. I said, uh, why? Uh, it's no parking for the street cleaner. And the street cleaner, you can see the back of it. Look, it just turned the corner. It's heading down uh, Vermont. Uh, I'm writing you a ticket. Why? The, the, the thing went by. This is harassment at this point. What is the spirit of the law? Forget about what you can and can't do technically. What are you really doing here? What statement are you making? That's the point. Protect, serve, and do what we want you to do. And what we don't want you to do is harass Dr. Drew and his uh, goddamn uh, insurance. Please. There are much bigger fish fish to fry. Meanwhile, these guys that get pulled over for having an arsenal in the back of their trunk, a ski mask, a, a fake mustaches, and a police scanner uh, get a slap on the wrist. And uh, as they're leaving the jail after 90 days, someone says, uh, uh, hey, boys, uh, hold on. You forgot some ammunition. Uh, come back. Come back. Uh, there's a police scanner. You got a couple banana clips over there. Here, take that. And uh, here's a new suit. Enjoy. 
one of your ski masks was damaged in the back. Uh, Larry was uh, mincing around in it. Would you like a new ski mask? Okay. All right. Go ahead. We got to get going. We got to bust guys like Drew uh, who don't have insurance. <sighs> All right. Well, let's not get in any more trouble like the uh, Heidi Fleiss incident. <laughs> Are we allowed to talk about that? Uh, no. All right. Screw it. Let's talk about lit- it. Your litigation is still pending. Oh, it is. All right. Uh, Henry, I'll tell you about that uh, during the break. It's uh, quite amusing. All right. Come in and burn is the name of the CD. <laughs> I've never heard it said like that. <laughs> yeah, that's it. You say it with a lot of conviction. That's uh, Tuesday, am I correct? Yeah, it comes out this Tuesday. And uh, the touring then begins uh, in uh, in the East Coast in May? Yeah, we'll be out, uh, by, we'll hit the West Coast by June, and uh, we'll be... We'll be playing all over America all year. So if you don't catch us on the first round, we'll probably make a lap through your city or within 50 miles by Christmas. And uh, Saturday Night Live on uh, April 19th, which yeah. is uh, kind of cool. I'm sure you've done it before, haven't you? No, never played Saturday Night Live. Really? No. I just uh, would have figured all those years in, uh, in the industry and everything. <laughs> yeah, me in the industry. <laughs> I'm in the unknown industry. Henry who? And uh, the, guest, the guest host is Pamela Anderson, which is kind of a letdown. I mean, everyone's going to watch, but I wanted it to be someone I, I actually wanted to meet. And I, I really, it, I have no oh, desire she has, to meet her are whatsoever. You, are you telling me she doesn't have impeccable comedic timing, Henry? Please. <laughs> She's I think she can walk into a room and make people laugh. <laughs> <laughs> Why do they have her guest host? Uh, Be- nothing against her. I mean, a, uh, she does she what she does huge, well. She was in a huge TV show. Yeah, but uh, so was, you know, Benji had a hit movie. Uh, <laughs> Benji couldn't read the cue cards. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I would I would put uh, Benji up against uh, Pamela in the... Now, Pamela, was very, we've had her on this show. It's very nice. Very nice. Very right. nice. But yeah, I, a I'm friend not, of mine did a movie with her and said she was really professional and stuff. Yeah, she's So, nice. well, you know, good enough. Yeah. But I'm not sure if sketch comedy would be her yeah, forte. Yeah, but it's, it's not something Henry looked forward to meeting anyway. It's, well, it's, I was hoping it'd be someone I'd be, like, excited who, to meet. Who, who like, would you oh, excited oh, Bill well. Murray or well, something? Yeah. Something right. like that. Yeah. An, an, old, an old SNL person. Right. Or a great comedian or an interesting actor and said, I get... Pamela, right. and I've I've already made like uh, barking seal noises at her at a party a few years ago after the Grammys. I saw her in the food line. I started going, oh, 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 and she made a face. <laughs> but she, she probably won't remember. Uh, it could have been worse. She could have got Hasselhoff. Oh uh, yeah, that's true. Yeah. So it, look on the bright side. That would have been eek run away. Uh, all right, you want to take some calls, and we'll yeah. get uh, into some more stuff like uh, the literary end of um, Henry's uh, stuff, including uh, you're doing a, uh, speaking of David, David uh, Lee Roth uh, autobiography. Are well, you editing that? Well, uh, yeah, I helped Dave, David just get it to uh, a publishing house, and it's coming out uh, in due time. And, you know, Dave will announce it in his own unique way, so let's let Dave uh, hark the news. Oh yes, he's he's quite a he's quite a pitchman. He really should be. Uh, he really, I don't know if he gets a lot of endorsement offers or something, but he really should be a spokesman for something. He's uh, got the he's uh, really can articulate himself. He's a very interesting man. He is the uh, he's the uh, white Don King. He he really is. Johnny, eighteen. Hi. Hey, Drew, Adam. I want to say hello. Been listening to the show uh, ever since it went national. And I love you guys, but I called to speak to Henry. Okay. What's up, man? Oh, man. I don't know where to begin. I mean, you're incredible, dude. Your books, your music, your performance, dude, everything. But um, I'm calling to say thank you to 
I mean, you, you don't know me or remember me, but uh, you helped me out, dude. And I really appreciate it that you were there, like when no one else was there, you know, my family, friends, nobody, dude. But you took the time to write to me. Dude, and I'll, I'll, I'm forever grateful, man. You helped yeah. me out. I'm glad to hear that. Yeah, I do my best to write back people when I can. Uh, sometimes uh, the schedule gets the better of me. But I'm glad uh, I'm glad I answered the letter, and I'm glad it did you some good, man. Oh, it sure did, man. And uh, I want to say ice cream, dude best book i mean every time i read it like I'll, I'll get to the last line and it's like back to page one you know that book is just i don't know how to explain it. i can't put it into words man well i appreciate it very much and uh just one last question sure uh that cd that one hit wonder cd the one redid the song with rupaul yeah that uh apparently didn't come out oh really and uh the track is in the can Damn, and man. it's going to come out at some point, and it's really cool. You'll do oh, I know. It. I, I want to hear it. Yeah, you'll, you'll get a kick it. out of it. RuPaul's just amazing. Yeah. Uh, I hadn't heard that you'd work with RuPaul. How, how yeah, was we, that? We did a, a track with RuPaul. We did uh, Funky Town by Lip Sync, and Ru, Ru practices at the same place we do. Yeah, and me and Ru traded the vocals back and forth, and it was great. <laughs> Ru's awesome. We've known him for years. He's a really great person. So, uh, Yeah, he's uh, the world's tallest man, too. Yeah, and or, just, uh, he practices woman. down the hall from us, and he's we've known him for like four years. He's just an excellent guy. Really? Very, very funny. Yeah, he works on his band. He's got his thing. and He's just a funny, really kind of on guy. I mean, he's, he's great to hang out with. Uh, it's just a uh, an interesting mix. You wouldn't uh, picture Henry and uh, Roop uh, hanging out. Michelle, or uh, Michael. Uh, hi. 17, you're on with Henry Rollins. Hi, uh, I just want to say, first of all, uh, uh, thank you guys. I, I think you guys are doing a really good job of really helping kids out like me. And uh, Henry, I'm a big fan. Uh I uh, just this isn't my question, but I was wondering when you're going to have a new movie or or acting thing that I can see you in. Um, I was uh, in uh, Lost Highway, the d- new oh, David really? Lynch film. I'm in there for like a minute. Uh, Otherwise, uh, this year I'm just doing band stuff, so I don't have any movie plans. All right. Um, well, my question is for Doctor Drew. Mm-hmm. Um, about six months ago, I got tested for uh, chlamydia, gonorrhea, and. Uh, a urinary infection because I was having a burning uh, when I urinated and are you sexually active uh, yeah but okay. it, it had yeah. been otherwise you're getting screwed <laughs> <laughs> yeah um, it had been uh, six months since I had sex when mm-hmm. I got tested though okay and uh, I understand it usually takes like two weeks to feel the symptoms yeah the most and, and I came up negative but they gave me antibiotics anyway right and the symptoms went away for a while but they came back mm. And they've really been bothering me lately. And what is the symptom? Um, burning during urination, and um, when I ejaculate now, it feels like like it's not all getting out. Like there's something hmm. stopping it. Interesting. It, it all possibly could be a prostate inflammation or infection. Really. Um, and if you have had, have you ever had any sexually transmitted diseases? Uh, not that I'm aware yeah, of. Yeah, and th- that could put you at risk for prostate infection. But a, a guy you raise could get prostate problems. Uh, okay. You know, it's something at this point, if you've sort of failed uh, initial management, it's a good idea to see a urologist at that point. Okay. It may be nothing. It may be just be a mechanical problem. It, it's hard to tell, but uh, it sounds like it warrants a little more investigation. Okay. Prostate infections take a lot longer to clear up than just bladder or urethral infections. You can have to stay on antibiotics sometimes six weeks or so. Uh, is there any way to investigate the prostate without uh, the, the finger sending McGruff up your ass? Mm, yeah, but not really. 
No, nothing practical. I'll tell you. Uh, let me tell you. I, I don't know anything about the human body, but I, I do know something about plumbing. And uh, when a guy uh, plums a house, they put like a clean-out valve on the side in case there's any problems. It's easy access. You know what I'm saying? You go to the outside of the house, you unscrew a, like basically a threaded cork, and you can get to things. Uh-uh. Uh, God really should have figured this out with the prostate. There should have been like a second anus. Uh, maybe not uh, an anus, but just a hole somewhere around here. Around your hip. I think Bill Clinton has one. <laughs> when you, yeah, I mean, when you get older, uh, I, I swear to God, I, you, you know, from like 55 on, you spend half your life with a doctor's hand in your ass. This is a horrible, uh, horrible way to go through yeah, but, your uh, uh, golden years. It's just to compensate for what women have to put up with uh, from 45 and younger. All right, but I'm not interested in leveling the playing field here, Drew. I don't care what happens to women. I'm talking about guys. And women can have an extra hole, too, <laughs> although they don't need one. Uh, oh, they do have one. Yeah, you're right, Drew. All right, I've got to work this whole vagina thing out. But I'm just saying some sort of auxiliary access something where they could get in and poke around without, uh, you know, dealing with the bunk. I think that's the fun of the proctologist, because I've, I've heard now that that's not even necessary, that it really serves no purpose to get a prostate examination. Who said that? Uh, I, I just heard it on some medical report that, like, there's not much they can do about it anyway if they diagnose No, you. no, no, no. You're misinterpreting the information that's out there. If you're 70, there's no point in treating prostate cancer. If you're 50 and you find a, a the finger is still the most sensitive thing to, for detecting meaningful prostate tumors. All right. Uh, if uh, if the guy says he has to use his penis in any way, uh, get out of there. All right, Michael? That's uh, uh, what you call a quack, a gay quack. Uh, Kristen, 23. Yes, hi. Hey. Adam, hi, Drew. Hey there. Hi. Hi. My question is um, I have never been able to experience an orgasm in any shape, way, or form, and I've been on the birth control pill since I was 16, and I'm 23 now, and I'm wondering, does the pill hinder you from having an orgasm or any way affect you? It could. Uh, it usually enhances that sort of thing, but it could potentially also suppress it. It's an interesting proposition. However, it's very common for women your age not to have experienced an orgasm, so it's probably more common that you just you're just fall into that sort of usual category of haven't figured it out yet. Why why you been on the pill so long? Well, because I've been having sex and uh, so it's been just for birth control. Yeah, just and, for birth control. And you've been control. sexually active since you're 16. Right. But no no climax. Right, and I've been with uh, the same boyfriend for three and a half years, and you know he's great, and I just can't figure out why. <laughs> uh, I mean, I've looked in books, and we most women do not have a climax during intercourse. Do you understand that? Yeah. Okay. So you I have, do you, understand that, but I can't reach it. Um, you know, and I've even tried masturbating. I'm not one to do it, but I've tried it a couple times. And uh, I'm not I one can't. to do it either, but I've done it several million times. So. <laughs> I'm still not one to do it. I can't arouse myself, and I'm just wondering if there's any way that I've heard that helps if you can get comfortable with yourself, but right. I seem to not be able to do that. All right. Well, in, until you're able to sort of relax I think you're going to have a difficult time with this, Kristen. And, and uh, well, uh, Henry, what do you? Uh, what's your take on this? Well, I'm not an informed uh, doctor, but maybe you should try masturbation. Uh, you should try trying it out more. If you've only, if if the mindset, if you are not one to do it, 
that that idea doesn't work for me. Not one to do it. There's nothing wrong with doing that, and it's good to know about how your body works. And masturbation is a great thing, and you should you should be one to do it. That's my advice. Uh, and it's hard to achieve anything. I mean, if you stand at a free throw line with a basketball and say, "I'm not one to make free throws," you're going to bank it off the backboard and not make it. Or if you're trying to climb a cliff and you say, "I'm not one to make it to the top," you're probably going to fall off somewhere. You have to kind of take that mindset of uh, you will you you you're coming to conquer, right? So you've never had an orgasm ever, ever. Okay, never. not even I. That's kind of funny, but I have dreams where I think I can and I know what it, that feels like, but I never finish. Do you have Do you have uh, any close uh, girlfriends? You know, f- girls who are good friends of yours. Oh yes. Okay. We talk and it doesn't help. <laughs> do they ever help you? Uh, give you advice on techniques, things they do that helps them. Yep. Achieve an orgasm, and you've tried these things, right? You really have. Yeah, I'm pretty experimental. I'm not really afraid to try anything. They just all don't work, and I'm wondering if maybe my mind isn't into it. If the mind needs to work harder. Wait, did anyone uh, screw with you when you were younger? No, uh, no, no. A, lo- a lot of it is mental. Oh yes. Oh, for women, it's uh, huge. Uh, not really for guys so much. But, I guess. Uh, could I ask how how many um, or what percent of women cannot reach an orgasm? Uh, Are there many here? ever uh, by your age it's very common but in a lifetime it's it's fairly low most yeah. women figure it out eventually God's uh, cruel joke is is uh, as soon as you get those big extra flaps of skin hanging down from under your arms and uh, menopause sets in and uh, you walk around in curlers and slippers then then the orgasms come fast and frequent <laughs> but by then it's too late All right, when we come back, uh, we're going to hear something from uh, Henry Rollins' uh, latest CD, and we'll talk to Henry and uh, maybe a little to Dr. Drew. I don't think they're aware of how much they suck. Hey, that's not very nice. You kissed my mother with that mouth. I mean, your mother. Love line, I'll be right back. stage without any guitars or keyboards drums or a microphone and being expected to roar tough right it's the same with our teachers who are using their own money so students can learn donorschoose.org is a charity that helps teachers get what they need for students to succeed that's why staples is donating one million dollars to the cause join katie perry and donate at staples.com slash make roar happen Hey, this is Greg Fitzsimmons, host of Fitzdog Radio on Podcast One. Join me and my guests such as John Hamm, Zach Galifianakis, Jimmy Kimmel, Carola, Hardwick, Rogan, all the big guns are with me. We talk about what it's like in Hollywood, behind the scenes, the real deal, the rage against middle age. Fitzdog Radio on Podcast One, the home of podcasting. Settle in, Marcel. Go in there and uh, polish your gold, would you? Uh, Dr. Marcel is uh, in the house tonight. Uh, Dr. Marcel is a plastic surgeon who sits in for Dr. Drew uh, on occasion. Actually, uh, quite often, because Drew's usually not here. Um, 
And uh, as I like to, to, to I like to razz uh, Marcel a little bit, but it is true. There's a huge difference between the plastic surgeons and the uh, internists. Uh, I've seen many surgeons, uh, many plastic surgeons, and many internists in my day, and a uh, huge difference. Uh, Dr. Marcel is, uh, thank <laughs> Dr. Marcel's brought us, uh, what is, Dr. Marcel, what is this? Is this saline or, or is this silicone? Oh, you got one of each. Okay, uh, I'm, I'm guessing I'm holding the silicone. Yeah. Is that right? That would Ooh, be it. Uh, Dr. Marcel has brought in, uh, basically, um, uh, we were talking about Pamela Lee, and uh, here she is. I'll tell you, if I put this thing in one hand and masturbate with the other, that's it. I don't need, I no longer need a girlfriend at this point. <laughs> and you think about it, you're copping a feel while you're copping a feel on yourself, and if you can get a, get a porn movie going at the same time, uh, this is it. This is virtual sex, ladies and gents. All right, uh, do you guys, uh, Henry, did you feel both of them? Because, uh, all right, Drew, easy. Easy. <laughs> Drew's groping that thing like it was his huggy blanket. Um, I would have to say that the uh, silicone does feel better. Well, most plastic surgeons would agree with you. And would you say, I have heard, uh, I've been following uh, this topic, because any time uh, breasts come up in the news, uh, I'll, I'll follow it. I have no idea what's going on in Bosnia. I don't know uh, whose fault it is in Israel. Should I, should I, is it the, the Arabs or the Jews? But I can tell you one thing. I do follow the breast implant news, and I hear that this is a big scare. It's much ado about nothing. Well, that's pretty much what the consensus is in the scientific literature. There hasn't been any study that's shown any real link to health risks with the silicone gel. But uh, meanwhile, uh, the lawyers have gotten their uh, grubby little paws all over this case. Uh, they're shutting, you know, they're taking uh, companies like Dow and closing them down. Uh, women are running to the uh, to guys like you and being swapped out. Do you do a lot of swap out work where you take out the silicone and put in the saline? Yeah, it's it's dropped off over the last couple of years because um, a lot of the fears have proved unfounded. But we still do a fair amount of uh, exchanges. Now, if, if someone's a little short on bread, will you just do one breast? No, we usually try to create some degree of symmetry. All right. Yeah, sometimes <laughs> just putting one in the middle. Yeah, it's good for slow dancing on the back. All right, let, let me ask you one more question before we uh, toss you out of here, uh, Dr. Marcel, who's a big Henry Rollins fan, and that's why he's here. Um, have you ever done – I always wonder about the sort of uh, ethical um, implications to the guys who do the big top boob jobs. I mean the mammoth Mammoth, you, you know, busty, dusty, a topsy curvy. Uh, all the women I uh, admire in the magazines uh, that I get, I, and I, I think to myself, I say, "This is these these are sort of novelty breasts, right?" I mean, uh, she she has a, a L cup, and she's a you know a fifty seven triple L, and I think to myself, "But some guy with a degree is putting these implants in. Who are these guys? Is there one guy that majors in this?" No, there's there's not really any one guy. There's obviously some people that don't mind creating monsters. And uh, how how big will you go? I don't like to go any bigger than a D cup because uh, with saline implants right now, getting into those kind of sizes, you're dealing with such a weight factor that you really do cause a lot of problems down the road. Um, I'd like to ask the the ones that we we have here, just for our listeners. They, it's it's about a handful what we've got here. It's about a, like a snowball. Now, what size is that? Um, the one in Adam's uh, left hand. I'm going B. Would 
about B plus. a full B, small okay, C. Okay, so the largest you do is how big compared to that one there? Um, about twice the size of this. And on a, a about, woman's about, chest? About 400 cc's, 450 cc's. And on a woman's chest, how does that look? Is that like really pronounced when you put something twice uh, that size in there? there? It depends on, it depends on the covering. Size of rib cage. Yeah, and it depends on their chest wall, depends on how much breast material they have. Right. There's a lot to it. But, I mean, you could, there's even a, guys out there, there there's a, an exotic dancer in New York that had a third breast put on her chest. Really? And now she's make, she can't believe all the money she's making as a, as a novelty act. Yeah. I was, uh, I was working on a second penis for a while and touring the country, but uh, I just didn't, didn't, didn't have the kind of income to support it. Uh, but let me ask you this. Uh, when you do work up, and I know uh, you yourself don't do this, so I'm sure off the, I'm sure you'll do anything for money, Doctor Marcel. First off, <laughs> if the price was right, uh, you would you would uh, strap a uh, Winnebago to a woman's chest if the price was right. I admit that first. Thank you. All right, number two. When do you have to work up to something like that? I mean, obviously you cannot just put these huge triple L sacks in immediately. Do, are there multiple uh, surgeries involved? Well, so, sometimes what some of the women will have to have done is they do it in, in by gradient. They'll get certain size put in, then down the road they'll get uh, increased or upgraded, if you will, I uh -huh. guess. And or, is there a market for the used ones? I mean, uh, let's say you're on your way to triple L. You pull out a couple of uh, D-size sacks. Uh, do you have to throw them away, or can you just hose them down and uh, pass the savings along? They make good paperweights. Uh, all right, so you, <laughs> you can't. All right, uh, seriously, can I keep one of these? No. Uh, how much are these do worth? Do you think that there'll ever be some kind of twisted auction when some like, implanted star finally dies? Like, we'll be able to, like, someone at Christie's will be auctioning off, like, some starlet's implant. Her chin or a lip implant or, or breast Or just a, a breast implant because it's not going to half-life into the soil. It will not go quietly into the night. It will be around for a while. And you could auction them off. This is brilliant. This is, this is quite a concept we have going on. We here. got uh, John Lennon's guitar. And next up, uh, Pamela Anderson's uh, right boob. This is excellent. I'm, uh, I think Bert Convey had calf implants, and I'm still looking to buy those. Uh, they're out on the black market somewhere. I know he's passed some years ago, but I really would like to get those. All right, can I have one? Uh, why can't I have one of these? Because they're $700 a piece. Really? And, I, and actually the gel is going to become a collector's item because we can't use them in the United States. Well, if you can't use this thing, then why can't I have it? Educational tool. Um, okay. The, uh, the material that's made of, how strong is it? Um, the implant shells uh, are fairly strong. They were made in the 70s. There was a push towards making them real thin to make them softer, but then we had more of a problem with, with rupture. But uh, one thing you have to tell all your patients, that nothing lasts forever, and uh, even the, the implants we're putting in now, they eventually will leak, and they'll have to be replaced. Uh, are these saline ones? Uh, if, uh, let's just say, uh, let's say me and Pamela were uh, uh, a plane went down. We were trapped somewhere in a very dry area. Would she float? No. Could I drink uh, the contents of her breasts in a pinch? Uh, hell, people drink their own urine when they're out at sea. Uh, why couldn't I drink Pamela's breasts? I imagine you could. You could. This yeah. is perfectly safe what's in here. Yeah, absolutely. It's just water? Just water. Okay. Sterile water. All right. All right. Get out of here. Uh, save the boobs, though. We'll take, take them later. See if I can't cop one of these before the night's over. All right. Uh, uh. Well, yeah, why don't we hear a song? 
Let's do it right now. Uh, this is off of uh, Henry Rollins' uh, latest effort. It will be out on Tuesday. Come in and burn is the name of the CD, and the name of the song is Star. That is uh, Henry Rollins of the Rollins Band. And again, they'll be at um, Knott's Berry Farm at the Good Time Pavilion uh, the 19th through the 27th of April. So don't miss them. Now, they're doing two shows. Uh, there'll be a, um, um, there's a bear in a suit who'll be coming out. And, uh, okay. No. That is off of uh, Come In and Burn. And uh, that is called Starf. Yes. Uh, just don't talk about the bear in suit things. I want it to be a surprise. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Kiss has their show, so does uh, yeah, ex- the Rollins exactly. Band. I, mean, I just want some equal time. So, you know. Yeah, I don't. I, I, you're right. I'm sorry. Uh, we, we can probably uh, dump that. Uh, we'll be back <laughs> with uh, Henry Rollins and uh, possibly more boob talk with Doctor Marcel after this. I don't go in for these backdoor shenanigans. Shenanigans. Sex, drugs, rock and roll. Shenanigans. Chips, dips, chains, whips. Ah, Tommy John Ware. Love me some Tommy John Ware. Swap my entire underwear drawer out with Tommy John's T-shirts, underwear, underpants. My wife makes fun of me for saying underpants. I love this stuff. All of it. You won't go back. That, that, I, it's all I'm saying. Paul Bryan was ordering some today. He was talking to Gary, and he was like, uh, I want it because Adam says you won't go back. You will not go back. These are revolutionary undershirts designed to be tucked in. They don't, they don't come slopping out of your jeans. They stay tucked in. No excess bunching underneath your dress shirts. Breathable fabric. They never shrink. You don't get the bacon neck look. I am telling you... Try the Tommy John wear, and you tell me that you like your old T-shirts better, and I'll slap you in the face and call you a liar. Go to TommyJohnWear.com, TommyJohnWear.com, enter the promo code ADAM, get 20% off your first order. It is unbelievable. They, they gave me three of them to try out, and I sift through my drawer every time, and I order 10 more. TommyJohnWear.com, promo code ADAM. 20% off. You will never go back to what you're wearing. TommyJohnWear.com. All right. More Loveline with uh, Henry Rollins, uh, Dr. Drew, and uh, Dr. Marcel. And... Uh, uh, I was just uh, informed by uh, producer Ann that we're giving away a free nipple reduction. Uh, Dr. Marcel has uh, offered to uh, kick in and uh, do a scalpel work for free. So uh, the first uh, 15 callers, is it uh, Dr. Marcel, can get a uh, free re- I think I think what it is is the first one's free. Uh, the second he charges, and if there's a third involved, uh, then the ante really goes up. Henry Rollins is here. Come in and burn is the name of the CD. Uh, SNL on the 19th, and then uh, the tour starts in the uh, East Coast in May. And uh, what about uh, Europe? Uh, we'll be there in uh, April and a little bit of May. And what part, uh, what do you like better? Like, let's say, Japan or uh, Europe? It doesn't matter to me. I like to play. And we play everywhere from Russia, uh, 
Australia, Japan, America, Canada, South America. It's all good. Uh, and uh, that brings me to something else. I, you, you know, you write, you act, uh, you're involved with other people's uh, writings and, and yeah, spoken I, word I, I and everything. Yeah, I have a publishing company, yeah. What do you... Uh, do you like just getting up on stage and playing the best at all of those endeavors? Or what yeah, do you my think? favorite thing is performing live with the band. That's the best. And what about, uh, I mean, you've done some movies and you do write, but uh, you don't write features as far as I know. No. Is no, that no. something you might be interested in? No. Why not? It's just not an area that interests me. It's it's basically writing for hire, and I just don't want to, and I think that would kind of ruin it for me. But well, what if you had a really good idea for something that you wanted to do? So far, I haven't had anything that I would will, be willing to go into Hollywood and bark and scream and argue and get into that whole hustle for. Right. Because that's what it is, a real tough game. Right. And I'm just not that interested. Good. A man who uh, stands by his uh, ethics. I have none. And uh, I would write a uh, snuff film if someone would give me $10. I really would. Uh, uh, here's where the chick gets screwed, and uh, here's where they kill her. Uh, can I have my ten dollars? Uh, <laughs> I got a. It is a weird game because uh, I've had a meeting or two about writing, uh, writing things, and uh, I had a meeting with uh, some guy from uh, actually uh, was it DreamWorks or uh, where was it? DreamWorks. DreamWorks, and uh, he was saying, uh, "What do you think about punching up scripts?" Uh, there's a whole uh, career that people make out of taking other people's scripts. Script, that, script doctoring, yeah. Script doctoring. And uh, you, you, what they do is they find, like, a comedian, and they say, or, or a comedic writer, or whatever, and uh, and they say, look, here's a script. Someone else wrote it. Someone, it was someone else's idea. Uh, we like parts of it, but we'd like you to punch it up. So here you go. Uh, insert a few jokes and give it back. And I said... Uh, no, I'm not really interested in doing that. And uh, he said, well, we got this one uh, one idea. And uh, I hope I'm not <laughs> getting in trouble for this. But he said, uh, here's the story. Uh, these guys, uh, these two brothers, they uh, inherit uh, a mansion that they didn't know about. And already I'm I'm not on board because uh, I I know where my folks live. Uh, one lives uh, they both live in dumps in North Hollywood. There's no mansion in the Corolla family floating around. Uh, no rich uncle that I've never heard of that has some you know a huge estate somewhere. This is the first premise uh, that they always work. Uh, you've inherited a mansion and you had no idea it was in the family. All right, uh, here's the story. Uh, they inherit this uh, mansion. Uh, a mouse uh, gets loose in the mansion, and uh, they destroy the entire mansion, uh, trying to chase down the mouse. And uh, I said, uh, yeah. <laughs> and the guy said, so it's a hysterical idea. We just need to punch it up. I said, this is, uh, this is a Tom and Jerry episode. Uh, this is three minutes at best. I don't know how you're going to get two hours of guys, uh, you know, I see uh, John Lovitz and one of the Waynes brothers uh, with uh, sledgehammers uh, running through some Bel Air mansion uh, smashing things. This is what it's come to. And uh, the other one was, uh, hey, we're coming out with George of the Jungle, the movie. That's coming out soon, too. And I thought, okay, we've really bottomed out. Uh, can't we do a remake? What about uh, the Beverly Hillbillies uh, part two? Can't we do that? Has, have they made Petticoat Junction into a movie? And what about Scooby-Doo? Certainly, there, uh, there, there should be a feature made on this. All right, Drew, did you pick a call for two, me? Two, two. Oh, two. I don't see what time it is. Becky, 18. Hi. Um, first of all, I love hearing your ideas. I don't mind when you start ranting and raving. Thank but, you. Um, I was wondering... Um, I 
I have um, I have no problem masturbating or anything like that, but usually I have like when I do it I have very abusive f- fantasies like someone's trying to rape me or something like that. And um, yeah, I guess I'm, I'm going for the wallet. Well, I guess the really you important. You really don't have to. Wait, I don't. She's no. gonna tell you. Oh, okay. Um, I'm pretty sure I know where it comes from, and that's that I go to a private school and like, you know everybody's virgin there and you don't talk about sex or anything like that and it's like i feel guilty doing it and i think it's like punishing myself ah, that's an interesting twist uh, um, we gamble on the show sometimes uh, henry when we have a caller that is having difficulty in their sort of adult life we try to bet on what their childhood was like this, and this is the old-fashioned this is the freudian twist on a, on a, a very rigid uh, uh, sort of repressed society right it's the stuff rather than the overt abuse that we have to deal with every night but becky the real question is how are your relationships generally when do you have you ever had a relationship with a boy um not really yeah but um i don't really want to until i graduate because you know i'll grad i have good grades i'll graduate and i don't want to you know have anything that doesn't have to do with school really right now uh. But um, uh, I was wondering. Uh, though. Well, let me tell you something about school. Uh, most people go to school to try to get late. It what has you, nothing to do with social studies or chemistry. What are your parents like? Um, they're good parents. I mean, they're. Mm-hmm. I mean, All right, uh, we, we smell trouble, Becky. Uh, we're not going to gamble on you, but uh, what's going on with the folks? Um. What happened? What? Um, so, something happened. Well, not necessarily something. No, I'm going somewhere here. What's going on, Becky? I can't think of anything to say. Uh, your folks together? Yep. Uh, Dad uh, drink? Nope. Uh-huh. This is not our usual deal. I know, but she she has a lot of um, pain, uh, for lack of right. a better uh, term. Uh, in are, her. are you the only child? No. How many children are there? What? How many children are there? How many siblings do you have? There's four. And are they real involved with everybody's lives? What do you mean? You're, I mean, are they real? They send you to dance school classes at age three and that sort of thing. Um, not really. You ever had an eating, eating disorder? No. Why are you so depressed? I'm not. Well, can I say my question? What's your question? I'm wondering if if I start a relationship, if I might. If like, if it might be hurt because of this, if I might. No, but you're gonna. But the, given sort of what we're picking up on, we worry that the kind of relationship you will seek out would be a potentially abusive one. That's uh, a concern, at least in some fashion. Somebody emotionally unavailable or potentially somewhat abusive towards you. Let me just do a, another family uh, probe here. Uh, what religion are your folks? Um. I'd rather not say, and that's because I know that people in my school listen to the show. Uh, and they would be offended if they found out your parents were of a certain religion? Um, well, I'd rather that they wouldn't recognize me. Oh, okay. So they know you as, like, uh, Becky the Jew or uh, Becky the Muslim or something like or, that? Or is it that this school is particularly for that religion? The school is for this religion. All right. Catholic school or something. Okay. Uh, Becky. 
uh, feel free to start a relationship. Uh, pick the man carefully, and uh, <clears throat> don't worry about it interfering with your uh, studies. Uh, part of uh, studying at school has to do with uh, life experiences, and a relationship surely is something you'd want to learn about. And understand the, that in all, uh, unlike most of the people we talk to on this show, it sounds like your fantasies are in acting out of the aggression that you're experiencing from having been so terribly repressed by this school and your parents and everybody beating down on you, and it's actually making you depressed now. And uh, you need to kind of express yourself a little bit, and uh, it sounds like you need to shake off some of these uh, bonds a little bit. Uh, something was up with Becky. I was getting a vibe. Yeah, but I don't think it's our usual thing. I really don't. I think it's it's the old-fashioned uh, the old-fashioned thing of over-parenting, uh, something we don't hear about anymore. Nah, I think if I could have probed for another few minutes, I would have got something out of her. Could be. All right. All right. Uh, <laughs> that's my job, Henry. Hey, uh, hey, when we come back, uh, let's talk about me doing, like, some spoken word stuff. Uh, you've been doing it all evening. You're very good. Ah, all right. And this is a man who's won a Grammy for this. He knows. Okay. I began to float up and away from my body. Uh, lady, you better get back float. here. If you're not here when Love Line float. returns, they're going to be... Blinds galore, baby. Cool your home, man. You want to talk about it. I know it's getting hot. It's hot where we are. It's hot where you are, I'm sure. It's hot right here. It's hot right here. Oh. Yeah, turn the air down a little. Anyway, it, the, the sun just blasting through. I mean, think about how hot your car gets. Think how much cooler your car would be if you parked it out in the sun if it had blinds all the way around. Well, that's the same thing with your house. And then also everything gets bleached out. The fabric gets bleached out. The... You get bleached out. The carpet gets bleached out. BlindsGalore.com. Quality, custom-built blinds and shades made just for you. We use them here. Use them there. And it's the kind of thing you get once and you use it for the next 25 years. So let's get going. Free samples, free shipping, free design advice, and uh, real easy. And you save money over the big box stores. Blinds Galore. They really do have Blinds Galore. Go to BlindsGalore.com. Let them know I sent you. Let them know that uh, they are proud sponsors and that you heard it here. BlindsGalore.com. All right. Hey, this is John Popper from Blues Traveler, and you're listening to The Love Line, where love likes to hang out. All right. Uh, let's get uh, John Popper back here again. I, I like him. He brings his uh, harmonicas. He uh, sits here. He chain smokes. He's a big, uh, good old boy. And I just uh, talked to the guy who produced their new album. He produced our, our album. Oh, really? I talked to him a few hours ago, and I said, so how's, how's the new record uh, for Blues Traveler? He says it's the best thing they've ever done. There's six great singles on it, and the record company's jumping up and down. He says it's a brilliant record. So Good. There you go, Blues Traveler fans. Uh, and we'll be back in 10 seconds. This is Loveline on Radio Station. Station. 
back with Henry Rollins on Loveline. I'm Adam Carolla. That is Dr. Drew. Phone number 1-800-LOVE-191. Fax number 310-854-4455. Come in and burn is the name of uh, Henry's uh, latest CD, and it will be out uh, Tuesday. So uh, and it'll be out everywhere. Yeah. So uh, look for it. it I guess... Uh, I was just thinking about something. Black, there's a lot of Black Flag CDs out and uh, Henry Rollins band CD out, but they're not in the same place. No, one's under B, one's under R. Yeah. These guys are geniuses over there <laughs> at Music Plus. <laughs> they really are. I would be confused. I, I look for the artist. I, I'll go look for the middle name of the artist and uh, see if I can find it. Mac. Yeah. 14. Um, hi, Adam. Hi, Drew. Hey. Um, well, my question is for Henry. Go ahead, uh, man. You're like my uh, idol basically. Okay. And um, I think on one of your CDs, I think it was like The Box Life or something, you were telling a story about how you worked at NIH. Yeah, I did. And uh, like I live really near there. Live really? In, you live in Bethesda? Yeah, I live in, I live like right outside and I uh, used to go there every once in a while for some uh, camp I used to go to. Mm -hmm. and What's I NIH? The National Institute of Health. Oh, okay. Very, Ooh. very intense place. Uh, what'd you do there? I, I would uh, run uh, blood samples and liver samples from lab animals from an installation they had called Corbell Labs over to NIH daily. And uh, it's just wild to go into the wrong place and go by all the cages of gibbons or go see these uh, spider monkeys they're doing experiments on. And uh, it, was, it was a very intense place. So it was, uh, I mean, was it like that movie uh, Outbreak with uh, Dustin Hoffman where there a bunch of guys walking around in uh, hazmat suits and uh, oh, yeah, monkeys the, uh, locked I, up? I, I went out, I went down to the wrong floor once and all these guys were like in these Devo suits and I, I went into the hallway and they just pushed me back in the elevator. And by the time I got back to the lab, I got chewed out. They said, what are you doing down there? I said, I'm sorry, I screwed up. You know, I'm working for 325 an hour. I'm supposed to be stupid. But did you have a question? Yeah, um, I was wondering, I mean, I mean, I just remember how you said you were killing all them rats, and I was like, was that just because you had, like, no other job you could get or something? No. Um, well, we had to destroy all the lab animals in there because there was an outbreak of a thing I believe was called ectromelia. Um, that was no one else in the lab would do it. And the reason I took the lab job was because they wanted someone who was good at working with lab animals. And I'd, I'd had six years of experience working at a pet shop with the exact same animals, you know, uh rabbits, mice, rats, and stuff like that. And I thought it would be an interesting job. And it was uh, very dull. I, I worked there for a few months and blew it off. Uh, what did, uh, how do you destroy? Uh, well, what did you have to destroy? Uh, we had to destroy the entire installation's uh, population of animals, rabbits, rats, and mice. And we would do it by taking all the bag. We would take a plastic bag, drop in all the mice in one cage, press the air out, uh, throw in a, uh, a tube that was hooked up to a CO2 tank, fill the bag up with carbon dioxide, kill the animal, squeeze the air out, knot it, put it in a bag, put it in a box, and take the boxes down to NIH to the incineration unit, and they would be incinerated. I wanted to use the uh, bags of dead animals and lob them at, uh, at foes from my, from my VW, uh, 1968 VW Fastback. But NIH said, no, those animals belong to us, and they will be disposed in the right way. I wanted to, like, leave them on people's front porches, light them on fire, ring the doorbell, run away, stuff like that. But they said, no, 
it, it would seem like uh, yeah they could they could turn a profit on these carcasses if 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 they had the right marketing. Uh, you, you know what I mean? Yeah. For I hear in Istanbul, dead mice go for a lot. Oh, uh, look! I mean, just the money you'd make from fraternities in the hazing uh, process. Sure. Yeah. Uh, Eat alone. this dead mouse. Yeah. Uh, these are these are things that I would be involved with if I was in government. Ways of uh, ways of cutting the budget. Uh, selling, Give uh, the meter maids dead mice. S- selling carcasses of lab animals would be right at the top. Make meter maids skin dead mice to make little little quilts. <laughs> 900 mice per square yard. That'll keep them busy. That'll keep them off the streets. Uh, Mac? Yeah. Anything else? Yeah, one more quick question. Um, I was watching MTV the other night, and there was this thing on, like, Sex in the 90s or something, and it was, there was this guy, this gay guy who was like, obsessing over you would you like take that like as a compliment or something oh i i heard about that uh that where i'm supposed to uh make him be my house slave or something i i thought that was very cute <laughs> right, thank it, you. It, i i i would look at it as a compliment when uh, any other human being is attracted to, to any other in a sexual I, way I, i've been getting hit on by guys since i was 15 and it never offended me. I just—it's basically saying, "Hey, man, you look hot, and I'm into you." So you say, "Well, no thanks," but it's cool. And uh, let me tell you, gay guys can pick out tight buns. Uh, gay guys don't go after the doughboys. Uh, they go after the guy look uh, looks good in cutoffs. And uh, it, yes, it is—it is a uh, quite a compliment. Although I have a theory, which is uh, if you get hit on too much and too often, maybe they know something that you don't know. I don't mean to offend you, but you you ever think that way? No. Okay. I've come up to that because I've never been hit on. (laughs) Jamie, 22. Hi. I have a question for Dr. Drew. Yes, ma'am. I wanted to know if there are any health risks involved to being an ovum donor. Are you thinking about doing that? Yeah. Well, yeah, there are. I mean, it it is, first of all, they have to take over your ovaries and hyperstimulate them Mm -hmm. uh, and create giant follicles and very occasionally one of the things that can happen is they can become so stimulated that they can cut off their own blood supply and, and sort of necrose or how do they uh, how do they hyper with, with, some, with some very powerful hormones they can also make you very uncomfortable and even crazy they can make you make you depressed and uh, have thought disturbances uh, it's, wh- it's a very uncomfortable procedure right, wh- what is the ovum ovum is the egg. the egg oh the egg yeah and then once once you've been hyper stimulated and have some large follicles available they take an ultrasound and then with a very long needle puncture the sidewall of your vagina and go after the needles right into your pelvic cavity. Go after the ov- ovum right with the needle right into the pelvic cavity. Why they got to puncture the sidewall? That's not how I was told about it. How are you doing? Through laparoscopy? Um, actually, I'd, I'd heard of it from a friend who had been going through the process and she was explaining it to me. She said um, that what they do, they, she said it was like a 15-minute pap smear and they go in and scrape them out of you. Yes. That's right, with a long needle. How do you think they get them out? Your vagina is a closed space. Right, but she she didn't mention the needle part. Well, that's how they get at them, with a big, long needle. And that's after <laughs> hyperstimulating. You're picturing like a uh, feather duster or something, Jamie? Uh, <laughs> no, what do you think no, they want? get a pap smear. It looks like a mascara brush. Oh, it does? been describing it as being like that. The, it, it's it, not a needle. It takes about 15 minutes, but it's a big, long needle with a right angle on it, and you just... Boom. Right. How, how much can you get for one of these albums? Um, it's for one, I don't think they do it by one, but for uh, it's a harvest. $500? $2,500. Oh, that's not bad. And you can do it four times. So, you know, $10,000 later, somebody's got your ovum. But... And, and then what do they do? They uh, fertilize that? 
uh, with some sperm and they uh, create a kid in a petri dish. And well, after that, it's it's they take it from there and implant it somewhere. Yeah. And uh, ethically or morally, uh, Jamie, mm-hmm. you don't have any problem with another uh, Jamie running around. Well, it would be an issue for me if I actually had to carry the child. Mm-hmm. But otherwise, not really. Right. It really, I mean, for me, it's no difference than being, a, you know, a sperm donor. It's, it is the same thing, in fact. Right. Except um, for uh, there's no scraping involved. Right. For you, it, it's a lot Just more. A, uh, hustler and a Dixie man cup. has more fun being a sperm donor than yes, a woman it, being an ovary. Right. It's uh, a lot yes. more. Uh, I've been doing pro bono a sperm doning for uh, about 15 years. Uh, I know. Now. It's, but, Dr. Drew, is there any risk um, to my own future reproduction? Yeah, I just went through it all. I mean, you can lose your ovaries. Right. I mean, the, the, I mean, that's a very rare complication, but it's, uh, and we and we don't know the long term implications of this, Jamie. There's concern that there may be at a risk of ovarian cancer down the line, or even uterine cancers. All right. Then once they um, harvest, we just don't know. That's, the I, ovum. I mean, if you don't, if you can't have kids and you want to take the risk by having the kids, and my my wife went through this, and I worry about this stuff all the time. And uh, it's you know it's it's worth the risk if you decide it's something that's extremely important to you. But if it's just for money, you don't make enough that uh, she doesn't have to sell her eggs. <laughs> you saying she was on the receiving end of the uh, ovum scrape, or no? She she that's how we had our triplets. What happened? With in vitro fertilization, she they stimulated her ovary and got the got the collected the the, the follicles. Right. And fertilize them, put them back in. Uh-huh. Uh huh. So she did it to herself, uh, but but she wasn't doning them. No, like, she uh, was. This was for us. This is for to, for reproduction. Okay. Listen, I don't know what goes on over there. Uh, don't tell the kids that. By the way, they'll freak. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Uh, Drew has triplets, and uh, I th- I I think they would freak out if you told them how they were how they were conceived. By the time teenagers, something they can figure it out. I mean, by the, listen, by then, that's good. this what is a common gonna, procedure. What do you mean figure it out? They a, get some kind of I mean, gut they can, feeling? They can understand what... No, no, I mean, if we can explain it to them, they can understand, they can process the information effectively. I mean, it's a common procedure now. Okay. All right. They're gonna, a lot of their peers are going to have gone through the same damn thing. Hey, 2500 bucks a pop, you don't have to strip. Uh, Mike, 26. Hey, how are you guys? Good. Henry, I've uh, appreciated your music for a long period of time now. Oh, thanks. And Adam, you're hilarious. Uh, I've got a question for Dr. Drew. Mm-hmm. Um, a couple of days ago, a woman called in, and uh, she mentioned that her boyfriend's, uh, the girth of his penis was smaller, and you had asked uh, her if he had lost a lot of weight, to which she had said no, and, and the question wasn't really resolved. Um, but anyway... Um, uh, uh, he, he had lost girth in his penis. Right. And oh. we couldn't figure out how that was possible. Right. And Dr. Drew had immediately asked her whether he had lost a lot of weight. And that wasn't an immediate thing, as we were reaching to try to figure out what possible thing could have correlated with this. Because I've never heard of anything doing that. Doing the old Dr. Drew reach around. Right. Okay. Well, I'm kind of going through the same thing, and I, you know, I've been thinking, am I going crazy or what? But here's my situation. Over the last year, um, I've lost about 50 pounds. And um, about five months ago, I noticed a visible difference in my penis size when fully erect. And um, and just to throw in another factor, I don't know if this has anything to do with it, I had just gotten a circumcision around that time as well. Um, but anyway, I, I noticed that it, it looked very small, um, and so I decided to measure it. And from previous times, it, um, I had lost about a half an inch 
uh, in terms of girth. Yeah, where do you do you keep that recorded somewhere, or is it like when your grandpa measures you against the door jam? Uh, Mark's things. penis, age six. Uh, there's uh, a little mark there on the jam. You, you do in uh, high school, and it's just right. reassuring. I got to measure my penis. Uh, You're going to have to do that when you... All right, let, let's ask Dr. Uh, Marcel, who's just chomping at the, the peni bit here, uh, because no one knows more about the male penis than uh, Dr. Marcel. Uh, is this possible? What do you think? You've, you've, uh, you've handled many a penis, uh, both uh, professionally and on your own time, in your day, and uh, what do you think? Tell you the truth, I can't imagine how weight loss is going to affect uh, penis girth. Or length, it's not known as an area of fat storage. But what about like when when guys get real big, their hands will get bigger, their fingers uh, seem to get bigger. There's a lot of places on uh, on the male body that, uh, even though it wouldn't seem like a likely place to store fat, uh, big fat guys have like big fat guy hands and fingers and stuff too. You, you think this is impossible for the penis? I'm not. I don't know if it's possible or impossible, but it just seems kind of unusual that you could lose that much girth through just weight What about, loss. do you think the circumcision may have done anything to it? Oh, what, what about the circumcision? Well, <coughs> no, the circumcision shouldn't have affected that at all. I mean, that's, that's just basically a skin excisional procedure. All right, could you not look at the pager while you're answering the call? God, these guys with the pagers. And uh, uh -huh. here's the, you know how I like the kid about Dr. Marcel being this sort of, uh, pimp of uh, doctors and uh, I mean really is uh, admit that uh, admit that plastic surgeons really are the uh, pimps of the doctoral world uh, look at uh, Dr. At Marcel's uh, pager uh, is uh, one of these ones that uh, uh, rap stars wear in their boots and uh, Dr. Dr. Drew's one's made out of uh, mahogany <laughs> yeah, Fred Flintstone's pager and this one's uh, the one that uh, uh, MC Hammer uh, <laughs> was using in the uh, late 80s. Uh, Mike? Yeah. We can't figure out what's up with the penis. Really? Are, no, although, I mean, you know... I, the, it, it is visibly small. I understand, but I mean, soft tissue in, genu in general, I guess, can shrink. I, have you been on a lot of protein restriction in addition to uh, calorie now, the, restriction? The other thing I did want to say is the reason why I gained a lot of weight was because I've had bad back... I've, I've got a back problem. Steroids. I had uh, three back operations mm -hmm. on it. Mm -hmm. And so I didn't know if that may have had anything to do with... Uh, because... Mm -hmm. um, uh, I, I felt like I'd also lost length, but that I attributed to maybe the operation or mm -hmm. whatever. Um, but now when, when I started losing the girth, that's when I really freaked out. I, I you know, I, all of a sudden I felt like I was stuck with the incredible shrinking penis and it just wasn't genetically possible or biologically. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. Doesn't and make uh, sense. so that's why I, when I heard this call a few days ago, I kind of, yeah. I... Somehow you're losing soft tissue and why, I just don't know. Don't know. Is there any way to prevent that? Uh, keep, keep your protein, uh, uh you know, uh, don't don't restrict your protein in addition to the calorie. That's all I can imagine. Uh, I believe my penis is the same as it was in high school, Drew. Uh, it should be. Now I'm asking about you. Should same penis? Same. Yeah, same one. Henry, same penis? I guess so, yeah. Yeah, I, I would think, actually, uh, this is what we are talking about before, all things uh, sort of being relative. If you lost a bunch of weight, your penis would look that much bigger. Uh, one quick and easy way to make the penis look bigger is to trim the pubic hair. This is really not a, a thing I dwell upon. Fascinating. Yeah, you're, you're on your own, Adam. Extremely important discussion, isn't it? <laughs> it's just vital. Uh, but you have a lot of fans that are interested in the penis, Henry, and that's why I suggest you get on well, board. Well, I'm, I'm interested in mine. Oh, okay. 
and it's it's naughty conduct. But um, you're not married, are you? No. Have you never been married? No. You never hear about, uh, at least I don't. Uh, I never hear about uh, Henry Rollins and uh, you know his many babes. Is that? Uh, I mean, I'm trying to think of what I'm asking. I, I just I was thinking about this on the ride in. I was thinking I don't think he's married, and you never you, you know read about him in the tabloids uh, dating uh, celebrities and that kind of thing. No, I don't make any kind of scene like that. Good, uh, Fabio, nineteen. Yeah. Uh, hey guys, what's up? Hey. How you doing? Uh, oh, there's a question for Henry. Sure, man. Right here. Uh, I was going to ask you something about. Uh, I was uh, going over. We were going over some of your stuff in my musicology class. I go to UCLA. Okay. And uh, I, w- I heard that uh, for a while you were touring as a uh, Henrietta Rollins. No, uh, me and the guitar player Chris Haskett about uh, ten years ago we did an EP called Henrietta Collins and the Wife Beating Child Haters. Oh. Okay. And it was like seven songs that were jokes, and we just titled it just to have fun, and that's all it ever was. Oh, because uh, they told they kind of told us that uh, you didn't really want to uh, like to talk about it or something like that, and. No, it's it's a it came out as a twelve inch EP, and we found this uh, guy in Venice, really intense guy on Angel Dust. We took a photo of him, and the, he was the cover of the record. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. It's, All right, it's, it's uh, still in print, so. Hey, that's kind of cool that they uh, examine your work in a musicology class well, at UCLA. At, at some university, they taught a whole course on Keanu Reeves, so there's all kinds of uh, dubious characters getting <laughs> chalk and professor time out there. So. Well, uh, it's not being so modest. I'm sure that wasn't at uh, an esteemed university such as UCLA. And that's got to be cool. I have no idea. Usually that kind of stuff happens 20 years after you're gone, you know? I just think it's cool that there's a class sitting around and they're talking about you and examining your work. Now, here's a guy with no talent. Listen to this idiot. Kids, you don't want to turn out like old Hank. (laughs) All right, those of you who are now doodling on your peachy folders, uh, look up. This is Henry Rollins. (laughs) Now look down again. (laughs) And we'll be back. Why don't you try rapping at this time? Yo, yo, kick some flavor and stuff and love and light. I'll be right back in a minute. I'm sorry, that was really bad. You're just not street like me. Hey, Dr. Drew. Yeah, Mike. I pretty much, uh, look, I never bought anything online in my life until I met my wife. Oh, and, seriously? Uh, now all I do is go to Amazon. Uh, yeah, I buy pretty much everything on Amazon. And if you want to support somebody that has an affiliate relationship with, with Amazon, you go to their website, you click through the Amazon banner, and at zero cost to you, Amazon shares some of the purchase price with the affiliate. Why are for- you being so nice about it and saying somebody with an affiliate relationship? You're right, Mike. I should be more specific. Forget an affiliate, some vague affiliate. Let's go to Podcast One where you can find the Loveline podcast, the Loveline page. Bookmark that page and just click through on the Amazon banner located at the top of the homepage. You can even use the Amazon banner if you're in Canada or the UK. Makes it easy for all future purchases. Again, it is podcastone.com. Click on the Keep It Free banner to support Amazon and all the wonderful sponsors that make the show possible. Hi, this is Tori Amos, and you're listening to Love Line with Adam Carolla and Dr. Drew. And tonight we have Henry Rollins. Uh, we're going to hear a little something else off of uh, Coming and Burn in uh, just a few minutes. And don't let me get past it, Drew. We'll take another call, though. No. All right. 
All right. Uh, what happens is I get involved with the calls and stuff, and then I, I forget the um, the um, hawking nature of the show. Right. <laughs> we got another one of those damn artists in here. Hey, you know, the the thing that's pretty cool about uh, most of the uh, artists we have in here is they're, they're, they want to get in, and they want to talk to the people, and they want to hang out, and they want to be involved in the show, and they're not necessarily, uh, rarely. Drew, do we ever have someone in here who says, play the song, play the song, play no, the song? No, The record vermin come in. They say that. And say, uh, play the song, play the song, play the song. But the artists usually just want to uh, hang out and uh, get involved. Yeah, I, I, yeah. Like, I like it when we answer the calls. Yeah. I think that's the best part. Um, not my name, Rance. Pardon me? Talking to Henry. No, I, Adam, I like it when you go off. I think it's great. Ah, thank you. But it's interesting when people call in. That's why they're waiting all night. They, they love to hear you, but they want to get their questions answered. You know the show. Kelly. Yes, I'm right here. You're 18. Yes, I have a problem um today i had a guy over so i have a boyfriend and we've been dating for like almost a year and a half and I had a guy over and we're really good friends like we're tight like you know best friends and uh we were sitting down in my living room and my boyfriend comes over and he knocks on my window and i freak out because he kind of gets jealous so i like didn't answer the door and he left i heard his car skid you know, like he was like really pissed. I mean, he like peeled out when he left. Yeah, he um he was really mad, and then I called him. I was really upset because, I mean, it was my fault, but I felt really bad, so I called him. And well, well, wait a minute. Why was it your fault? This guy's just your friend, right? Yeah, we didn't do anything. It was her I, fault for not answering the door and not. Yeah, uh, I mean, we have dealing a, more directly with this. Right. My boyfriend is a little bit jealous because, um, I'm kind of, I'm like, not like which. You really see in girls, like I've matured like really quick, you know, and uh, I'm like a catch sometimes. He, that's what he says, you know, and he's afraid that I'm gonna cheat on him because his mother cheated on his father, mm-hmm. and he's really afraid of me doing that. But I could never like hurt him, you know. It was my fault because yeah, he's gonna force you to do it or leave him. Um. Well, he used to like have arguments with me all the time about cheating on him, which it never even entered my mind, you know? It's, it's, a, it's a self-fulfilling prophecy, isn't it? Yeah, eventually, He's, if you hassle somebody who's not cheating on you enough, uh, they will go, uh, uh, all right, uh, they will, they will uh, cheat on you. Or just leave. Or leave. Well, I can't picture myself doing that because that's wrong. If you're with somebody, you know you should be faithful. All right, do you know he's listening now? I don't know. Okay, sounded like <laughs> once in a while we get that. We know the person's listening. Uh, uh, that sounded like one of those we know he's listening uh, statements. I-, I think he's sleeping. <laughs> okay. Uh, all right, well, let me ask you this. Who was this guy? Was he just your friend or had you dated him at some point? No, he was just a friend. I've been talking to him for like two months. And he's really sweet, you know. I, I was helping him about his problems with his mom. And he, my boyfriend, comes knocking on the door. But the, the, Adam, give me your take on this friend uh, and his intentions. He he wants something. Yeah. Uh, the, the mom thing is just a ploy to get in the panties. No, I don't think. No, no way. <laughs> I I don't I don't think so. Yeah, I, believe me, you're very naive, Kelly. Guys go to uh, girls' houses, especially attractive girls, eighteen-year-old uh, girls, to hang out and talk about their mom, so they can possibly uh, get some nookie. Yes. Uh, Even I would agree with that, basically. Well, we were just, 
we were like six inches apart and talking. No, I understand, but but some guys, they, a lot of guys, always want that potential there. All right, but let's not dwell on this. Your boyfriend's real insecure. I don't think he's insecure. Uh, yeah, I think he is. Oh, I don't know. I, I just don't know what to do. Like, All I'm right. going to talk to right. him. Right. Have you ever thought of bringing the two of them together and just say and tell your oh, boyfriend no, that this guy is your, your friend and there's nothing going on? No, because he, he doesn't like other guys, like me talking to other guys. Really. Right. Uh, you, you have a very deadly combination going here. I don't know if anyone's uh, feeling this beside me, but you're very pliable and he's very aggressive. And uh, you tend to take his word for things, and he tends to spoo out a lot of garbage. And this is the beginning of a bad and dangerous relationship. Well, okay, it's not like that, because I'm the same way. If he was talking to a girl, I'd be pretty upset, too. He's not aggressive. He's like the opposite. He's so gentle, and he's so quiet. Right, but he's so insecure that he has to constantly hound on you. Uh, he's so gentle, he's so quiet. Uh, meanwhile, he's doing brodies on your lawn and banging on your window. No, he, <laughs> no, that's not what happened. I mean, he, he knocks on my window because he doesn't want my roommate to wake up, you know? Uh-huh, but, but he, and he peels out. Yeah. All right, uh, listen, Kelly, I don't know what, what you want us to say. The guy's insecure. Believe me, the guy's insecure. Or he wouldn't hassle you so much and, about and it. And his history creates some of this obsession. Also age, too. You know? That's true. Yeah, you have a... Young man is just trying to figure himself out. And you have a ton of energy in this department when you're younger. How, how old Absolutely. are you, Absolutely. I'm, I'm 36. And when I was a teenager, you know, you'd, you'd obsess about your girlfriend. Absolutely. Sure. And uh, now you obsess about your prostate. You obsess about stuff like uh, pets, cars, and stuff <laughs> like that. But Ladies know, and gentlemen, Adam. It, 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 is, it is true. You have a ton of, uh, we'll just call it evil energy when you're 18, 19, 20, even uh, into, your, into your mid-20s sometimes about relationships. You sure spend enough. a lot of time. Uh, I mean, I could remember, uh, like my first girlfriend, when I wasn't with her, I was sitting around thinking of things that she was doing wrong, uh, doing to hurt me, ways I was going to get screwed, uh, ways I could get back at her, blah, blah, blah. As you get older, and this is the same reason, by the way, that, uh, you know, it, it's not a coincidence that most of, let's say, the violent crime is committed by men of a certain age. Uh, that when you get to a certain age, you tend to mellow, and you tend uh, to feel more secure, and you tend not to be as uh, vehement about uh, getting involved with uh, sort of the minutiae of life, stuff you can't change. Uh, this guy has a lot of energy in that department, and I just hope it doesn't manifest itself in a dangerous way. Sometimes guys get drunk, and they go a little, they spin out, and they do something they don't want to do. Drew, you going to pick another call? So. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, yeah, no, that's right. No, no, you're right. You're right. I told you. That's right. now, not that I don't want to hear it, Henry. It's just the, the, the thought of me not talking for three minutes is just, it's just more than I can bear. Huh. <laughs> Well, the song plays, you can talk to me. All right. That's a deal. Uh, Coming and Burn is the CD. Spilling Over the Side is the name of the song, and it goes a little something like this.
Spilling over the edge. Side. Side. Edge, w- side. Where's the word edge come in? I don't know how that got launched into my head. Uh, anyway, that's uh, uh, Henry Rollins uh, correcting me, and uh, rightfully so. And let me give some plugs out, because uh, that was a real good song. Tour starts uh, on the East Coast in May, and then uh, June 5th and 6th out here at the Whiskey. June 7th in uh, San Diego at, uh, what is that, Soma? Yeah. And uh, June 9th in, uh, what is that? Oh, Las Vegas. I was going to say Laverne. <laughs> I don't know what LV, I never see Las Vegas as LV. Uh, also, uh, so be in Las Vegas and then all over the place. So yeah. just uh, just uh, keep an eye out. Keep a watchful we'll eye be, out We'll, for we'll be touring through America all the way till the end of the year. All right. Let's, uh, Drew, you don't want to p- pick a call, Drew, please. All right. I'm just punching number one. Christopher, 20. Hello, gentlemen. Hey. Uh, first of all, Henry, I'd like to say thank you. High school was rough, and your lyrics and your words really gave me something to think about. Gave oh, thanks. I'm, gl- I'm glad it was there for you, man. To pull through it. Um, I wanted to ask you, you've made comments before that uh your favorite part is playing, doing the shows, and I believe it. I've seen you. You really get into it. But you've also made comments to the effect that you didn't want to be doing this when you were 40, that uh, it was also kind of a long road to hoe, and you uh, thought you might have to start looking at some other avenues. And I was wondering if those were just kind of comments made out of frustration of being on the road or if you really have some plans to move on to bigger and better things. Well, I wouldn't necessarily say bigger and better. I just think that a lot of rock and rollers, uh, they don't always... Uh, age gracefully out there when you see Mick Jagger trying to be 20 when he's 50 it just looks pathetic mm-hmm. and what what I'm basically saying is I, I don't want to make people regret that they came to see me and that like they you know why would you go out and like see this guy man and, and you have to say oh you should have seen him back in the day well I think one should quit while they still have it instead of being uh, something that becomes a joke so when I can't deliver the heavy material I'll move on to something else. See, I, I have three companies. I have a book company, two record companies. They, they keep me busy. I produce bands. I, I do all kinds of video work. And so there's always something for me to do. And if I couldn't remain effective in music, I'd move on to something else. Well, plus, they probably have, give your job back driving the liver wagon over there in sure, the D.C. I, I mean, I'm not I'm in a worst-case scenario. Right. I'm not saying it's something you'd go back to. I'm just saying, you know, if the, if the wheels came off the wagon... Uh, there's probably always a uh, always a, a smock with your name on it over there. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, let me say this: uh, we're running late for commercial, but I was thinking about when you were commenting on that uh, question, which is, yeah, you you know, you're not uh, Yanni or John Tesh. I mean, you play you know real aggressive, uh, real hard driven type of music, yeah. and it's something. That you can't pull off uh, when you got a colostomy bag because uh, it's very, I mean, if you've seen Henry perform and you just listen to the music, you can't do that sitting down. Right. All right. Uh, I'll give you loot lessons uh, during the commercial break. I think I want to be a mime. Yeah, well, is there still some movement, like when you have to do that walking against the wind thing? Yeah, that thing, yeah. Uh, by the way, I'm the guy off stage providing the wind uh, <laughs> when they do the mime thing. And we'll be back.
Buying a car can be a stressful experience, but True Car is changing car buying forever. Yes, True Car helps car buyers get rid of the fear that they might overpay. Last month, over 45,000 cars were sold by the True Car certified dealer network. And TrueCar.com users save an average of $3,046 off MSRP. When you're ready to buy a car, just follow these three steps. Go to TrueCar.com, find out what other people paid for the car you're looking for, then register at TrueCar.com to see the upfront pricing information and lock in your savings. And the third step is simple. Just print out your True Car Savings Certificate and take it to the True Car Certified Dealer for a better, hassle-free car buying experience. Some features not available in all states. Every day, TrueCar.com users receive negotiation-free, guaranteed savings. Save time, save money, and never overpay. Visit TrueCar.com today. That's TrueCar.com. Uh, more love line. High price tag. Uh, just, uh, Marcel, uh, bothering the guest, uh, talking about marriage with, uh, Henry. Uh, Dr. Drew has, uh, stumbled into the studio, and, uh, man, uh, where's the time going? All right, uh, the name of the CD is Come In and Burn Out, March 25th. That is Tuesday. I, uh, suggest you all start lining up now. Yeah. Uh, not necessarily in front of the record store, just get in line. All right. Hank. Yeah. Hank, you're 13. You've been on hold for a 119 minutes and 34 seconds. Yes, sir. And he's asleep. Nearly. And and, and he or doesn't even be. get to listen to Muzak. He's got to listen to the show on hold. That's, That's not too bad. Oh, it's not bad? No. Okay. You're very entertaining. Oh, uh, thank you, Hank. Uh, what's going on? Okay, Um, here's my question. Um, I've been wondering what uh, woman's hymen. What is it? Yeah. It's just a membrane that's inside the ear, opening to the vagina. Mm-hmm. And like, um, I've heard people like say, um, like, well, if I'm gonna have sex, I was wondering if I should break my hymen so he doesn't hurt me or something like mm-hmm. that. You know. Mm-hmm. How does one uh, go about breaking one's own hymen? I'm not familiar with that technique. Does that happen? I'm sure somebody could, but I'm, I don't know how they, what they do. Uh, Dr. Marcel, you ever do any hymen uh, reconstructive surgery? I can't say as I have. You don't have any, like, freaky uh, uh, rich Arab clientele that uh, wants uh, their new bride reconstructed or anything for some sort of uh, religious purposes? I'm sure there's got to be a market for that somewhere. I'll look into it. There may be another buck to be made. Well, thanks. More gold to polish. <laughs> I'll tell you what you could do. Uh, we were talking during the commercial uh, about uh, fat people, and when you lose an incredible amount of weight, you have to actually remove the skin. I mean, if you're 300 pounds and you get down to you know 120 pounds, there's uh, you know 180 pounds worth of skin hanging out somewhere, and you got to cut it off. You could use that extra skin uh, as material for the uh, hymen. Hey, Hank, the are you still there? Yeah. Uh, did you have any other questions? Yeah, almost here. Also, like thanks, um, Henry. Yeah, almost here. I was wondering. Um, I I tried weed weed once, and um, I've heard um, 
the seeds can shrink your testicles. Yeah, that's folklore. Uh, the marijuana itself can raise your levels of circulating estrogen. You don't have to Im- worry about what the seeds are doing. The estrogen will do it themselves. I mean, excuse me, the marijuana will do it them- itself. Well, does it also... But not after a single use, no. Does, does it also sterilize your sperm? It can reduce sperm count, again, chronically used. Mm-hmm. So All right, and um, you, you, you can be blinded if uh, one pops in the bong and catches you just right. Yeah. All right, Hank. Yeah. Uh, don't don't smoke weed. Uh, don't break any hymens. Okay. Sounds good. <laughs> All right. Okay. Thank uh, you. All right. Hey, you never. Were we ever into drugs, Henry? I got drunk a few times as a teenager. That's about. That's about it. Mm. Never liked it. Never got into it. Nah. Don't like the losses control. Right. And uh, look at Henry. He's 36 years old, and he—I mean—we have uh, people in here that are 26 and look like they've uh, been through the been through the mill a couple of times. And uh, I was surprised to hear that you were 36. Uh, yeah. You look good. Thanks. You look sharp. You look lucid. And I would say uh, the uh, clean living and, and uh, working out and all that crap has probably uh, served you well thus far. Yeah, oh. absolutely. Although it's a miserable life. <laughs> no, no, no. All no. right. Uh, John, 17. Uh, yeah. Hey. Uh, just a second, I got <laughs> Yeah. I know how much you hate speakerphone. Um, I was wondering, I got a question for, for well, one for Dr. Drew. Uh, John's been on uh, hold for 120 minutes and 59 seconds. That's right. That's really pathetic. Well, thank you. All right. Um, <laughs> and listening to the show through the phone is much worse than listening to it through the radio. Right. Um. First of all, uh, Dr. Drew, Mm -hmm. uh, I was wondering if there's any kind of, uh, you know, there's, like, birth control for women. Mm -hmm. Uh, Can you, can guys take anything to, like, like neutralize the sperm or something? No. Not yet. No? Not yet. Uh, They're working on it. They're Uh, working on it? Yeah. uh, I can't remember where I heard the story, but uh, some guy, I want to say uh, Scotland or Ireland or something, has been one of the first recipients of the male pill, which is something that uh, people have been sort of fantasizing about for for many, many years. Probably ever since the female pill came out, people have been talking about what about a pill for for the males. And uh, they have a pill, and apparently it it cuts your uh, testosterone level, and then what they do is they supplement your uh, testosterone by uh, listening to a lot of Henry Rollins. Uh, yeah, I, I was about to say, ratings. you could cut down on your testosterone level a lot by listening to The Cure. Uh-huh. <laughs> a flock of seagulls will uh, have a dramatic just, just decrease chop it. in it, too. It'll just defoliate <laughs> your sperm count, just <laughs> knock it right out of circulation. All right. That's the problem uh, did, with, did, the, with the male pill did, traditionally. Certain Hall & Oates songs are effective as well. Did you have any other questions for the doc? Well, I have one for, or actually I have a comment for Adam. Uh-uh. Uh, I totally disagree with your Mountain Dew theory. Uh-huh. Because I've got an IQ of 125 and a CQ of 111, and I enjoy Mountain Dew very much. Uh, a CQ? That's the, um, uh, what is a CQ? Cognitive quotient. Huh. Really? And you, you uh, consume a lot of Mountain Dew? Well, not like a whole lot, but about, uh, well, a mug a day. I have a 34-ounce refill mug. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Listen, I don't. Anybody who drinks a beverage out of a mug, other than uh, coffee or tea, is a moron. Uh, first off, uh, there should be no thirty-four ounce mugs. Uh, that is a that is a tumbler. 
That is something to transport liquid in, uh, not drink coffee out of uh, or uh, Mountain Dew. But I don't know. I haven't uh, sussed out my theory enough. I, I don't know if Mountain Dew makes people stupid or stupid people are attracted to Mountain Dew. So you may be one of the few uh, who started intelligent and are, are, are dropping an IQ uh, every every liter you down of, uh, of this. I'm guessing you lose maybe half a point. And I, and I saw a drink I hadn't seen in a long time at the, at the television studio the other night in your room, Cactus Cooler. Oh, yeah. I think somebody was playing a game with you. But <laughs> there's, uh, there's another one. Uh, that's like a fresh off the uh, set of the Flintstones, uh, that drink. Uh, Henry, you don't drink any Mountain Dew, do you? No. Good. I, I wouldn't want to offend you, but I, I have a theory that it is the uh, nectar of the tards, uh, Mountain Dew. There's no intelligent man alive who drinks Mountain Dew. I always thought beer was the nectar of the tards. Well, it, it is... It is, except for the... Uh, except for when you drink it. Except for when I drink Right. Yeah. <laughs> I don't drink Mountain Dew. Uh, Christina, 23. Yes, hi. Hi. Um, I have a question for Dr. Drew. Yes, um, I was diagnosed when I was 17 with venereal warts. Mm-hmm. And for every six months since I've had it, I've always get checked. Good. Um, and make sure, you know, it's under control and I haven't had an outbreak. And I had my cervix froze. Um, to take care of it mm-hmm. and um, I wanted to know now I'm trying to get pregnant and I'm having a problem I want to know if that could probably be a reason why uh, the warts themselves do not cause any problem with fertility but any cervical procedures can how do they freeze the cervix uh, Drew uh, they, a snowman has to have sex with them mm. no. no how do they freeze the cervix uh, it's, it's a, it's, I don't know exactly the procedure I've never done it they, you ever done that they Froze it with liquid nitrogen. Yeah, it's just it's minutes. a it's a freezing. It's a, it's a, but it's but a you got to freeze it up no, in there, no, right? No, it's, yeah, they use a they call colposcope. It's a way of taking off the top surface of cells that may be abnormal. I see. So they freeze it and then they scrape it. It just makes them die and come off. But the fact is, uh, it's the cervical procedures that can impact on your fertility, not the warts themselves. And insofar as the warts haven't caused, or if, as long, so long as the warts don't cause any abnormal cells or cancer fertility shouldn't be affected at all okay all right okay all right you. you married yeah uh-huh yeah, i've been married almost three years really yeah and uh it's going well yeah and you have no kids so far no nope, no kids all right you have permission to start a family <laughs> does your husband work yeah two jobs uh, uh that's not a good thing <laughs> necessarily uh, the more jobs you have uh, people brag about uh sorry henry uh, not not henry not uh not when you're an entrepreneur like henry but what i'm saying is, is when a guy's when people brag oh yeah the guy's got uh, five jobs that's bad best to have a uh, one job like uh marcel over here where he basically just uh, uh phones in his uh, medical procedures from the golf course I've been trying to ask him to quit the second one. Uh, what are his two jobs? He works at 7-Up, and then he works at Pizza Hut on the side, and okay. I uh, Pizza Hut. All right, hold off on the kids. <laughs> the kid is going to be weaned on uh, pepperoni and, and flat 7-Up. Uh, Actually, 7-Up, they make pretty good money. Oh, they do? Yeah. What's he, does he drive a truck, or what's no, he do? just um, like a merchandiser. My brother works there, too. All right. All right. Uh, okay, thank you. All right, uh, keep him away from the Mountain Dew factory. <laughs> yeah, okay. So, all right. <sighs> all right, almost out of show. Jeff, 27. Uh, hi, guys. I've been listening to your show for well, a couple months now. It's very enlightening. Thank uh, you. I wanted to say to Henry, I've seen you. God, it's probably been 14 years ago. 
at the drumstick in Lincoln, Nebraska. Sure. And uh, it was when you were with Black Flag, of course. I kind of wondered what happened to Greg Ginn. Greg Ginn owns and runs SST Records in Long Beach, California, and does solo records. So he's not doing anything musically anymore, then? He's doing solo records of his music. I see. Well, that's cool, because he was always a pretty intense guy. He's I mean, you both uh, were. Right? He's still an intense guy. I, I was pretty impressionable at the time. I was probably only 13, and I snuck in uh, with a crowd of people, but... Anyway. Yeah, we, we played there several times over the years. Uh, Henry, is there any, ever uh, any talk about the, you know reunion stuff? Uh, not. No one ever says it to me. It's nothing I would ever do. Jeff, um, uh, do you know any of the Black Flag songs? Because uh, they're getting back together. <laughs> <laughs> they're looking for a front man. Well, nah, yeah, it's been too long ago. <laughs> been too long ago. I, I did have a question for Dr. Drew. Real fast, because we're um, running late. Okay. Um, what I wanted to know is I I used marijuana for years, I mean probably 12 years, and I quit about a year and a half ago. And lately I've started to notice just my mental capacity is diminishing mm-hmm. and my sex drive has diminished mm-hmm. um, relatively rapidly. <laughs> I mean, it's to the point where when me and the girl, we've been together for three years. You know, when we are out of time. Why don't we get Jeff? Yeah. Can we call you back tomorrow night? No. Why don't you talk to him off the air? All right, I'll talk to you off the air if you want. Drew okay. hates that. No, I'll do that. <laughs> I, I know, but he has to pretend like he wants to do it when he's on the air, and then he, he beats me as soon as we go to commercial. You'll do it, Drew? Yeah. All right. That's fine. Go over there, even if it takes like fifteen or twenty minutes. Whatever it takes. Yeah. Sure. All right, Jeff. Uh, you're on hold. Drew will deal with you, and uh, we'll be back to say bye with Henry. Here's Loveline before deworming. Here's Loveline after getting fixed. Here's Loveline chewing out its stitches. Here's Loveline dragging its butt across the carpet. Bad Loveline. Bad Loveline. Loveline has been bad, and we'll be right back. Hey, what's up, everybody? It's Eddie Trunk inviting you to download the Eddie Trunk podcast at podcastone.com. Going to have some fun each and every week. Mixed bag of a lot of things. Interviews with some of your favorite artists. Maybe talk to some of the behind the scenes people. Get into some commentary. Answer some of your email. We'll have some uh, some good fun. So don't miss it. The Eddie Trunk Podcast every Thursday at podcastone.com. That's podcastone.com. All right, that's it for Loveline. Uh, Henry, thank you very much for coming in. Thanks for having me, guys. We uh, appreciate it. Uh, you live nearby when you are nearby, not on the road or something, and uh, stop by any time at all. Might come back this year. You uh, Well, not this year. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, if you don't, you don't need something to plug. You don't have to have uh, uh, some uh, new CD or yeah, book the, or whatever the, coming the, uh, out. Just other come times, on and hang yeah, out. Yeah, the other times I've been on the show, it, there wasn't any occasion except I was in L.A. for 20 minutes, you know. And they said, hey, you want to do Love Line? I'm like, yeah, sure. All right. Well, uh, the uh, the door is always open. Thank you. Uh, come in and burn is the name of the CD. Out the 25th. That is Tuesday. It's a great CD. Check it out. And uh, until next time, this is Adam Carolla for Dr. Drew saying mahalo. 
This has been Loveline. The opinions expressed herein are certainly opinions, that's for sure. If you'd like a written transcript of today's program, you probably should have written it down yourself. And if you did, we'd like a copy. Loveline producer Ann Wilkins. This broadcast was copyright 1997 Westwood One Entertainment. This music is MXPX on Tooth and Nail Records. Sit, Obo. Obo, stop dragging your butt across the carpet. This concludes another PodcastOne.com program.